Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, registered dietitian and weight loss BFF, Lauren Hubert. Growing up as a woman, I was told that you can't care about your looks, wear whatever you want, and be successful. But honey, let me give it to you real. You can have it all. I believe women can embody strength, sexuality, and power all at the same time. And in fact, I know the harder you feel, the more successful you will be. Each week, we are changing the narrative that women can be hot and successful at the same damn time and do it in a healthy way. Hello, babes, and welcome back to another episode of the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I have a question for you guys. Have you ever felt so freaking overwhelmed, like overwhelmedness, which I'm just making up that word, ladies, is taking over your body? You just can't stop catastrophizing and thinking about all of the horrible things that are going to go wrong, have gone wrong, and are going to continue to go wrong when it comes to eating, when it comes to the results you want to see, when it comes to your weight. You constantly are just berating yourself and you're being negative and borderline toxic to that person, that sexy, confident woman that you want to become. If you relate with any of that, today's episode is for you because I have to be honest, I always share my truth, my story, my journey, but today we're talking at you. And I wanted to invite on the amazing Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist who specializes in cognitive and metacognitive neuropsychology. Since the 1980s, she has researched the mind-brain connection, the nature of mental health, and also the formation of memory. And on today's episode, Dr. Caroline Leaf talks so much about how weight loss is not a barrier. Having a heavier weight, not feeling amazing in your body, having a chaotic, what we call a hot mess express diet and exercise routine is not a barrier to this person you want to become. It is an opportunity because opportunities present themselves every freaking day. But the only way to change how we view these opportunities is not to change your mindset, It's actually to change your mind. And that's why on today's episode, we're diving into the scientific reason on why owning where you're at right now, good, bad, ugly, positive, negative, whatever it could be, how owning exactly where you are today is going to help you on your weight loss journey in becoming the most confident version of yourself. And most importantly, becoming the happiest version of yourself because you have to get to this place to have true change and not just surface level change. So without further ado, let's dive in. Today we have a very special guest. We're here with Dr. Caroline Leaf. Welcome. Thank you so much. Great to be with you, Lauren. I love it. So we're going to get started. I always ask the question, what makes you feel your hottest and healthiest self? Give it to us real. I think it's just really important to feel good about how you, I like, I like putting on makeup. I like getting my hair nice. I mean, I always feel that's something that I always do every single day, working out, I work out a lot, I eat healthy. And that combination is you know, on the physical side, but on the other side, for me, the most important thing is my mind. Because how you feel about yourself is really going to impact how you feel, you know, to feel hot and sexy and all the rest of it. It's how where your mind is in that moment. So mind management's massive for me. It's like number one, because mind drives everything. So it's mind and then it's obviously looking after the physical, which is it's which is fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously when we think about health, we think of diet, we think of exercise, but honestly, like my secret weapon is honestly mindset as well. And I love that. I mean, you're the master of mindset. 
when it comes to feeling hot and healthy too, like it is about mindset because it doesn't matter the specific weight that yeah. you are. It matters how you feel about yourself, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, because that affects you. How you feel about yourself is your mind and your mind drives your brain and your body. So your brain and body just do what your mind tells it to do. So if you're feeling lousy about yourself, your brain and body will respond accordingly. Absolutely. Yeah. So say if you had a client or someone in front of you that did not feel good about themselves, what would you say to them to get them started to get their mindset, whether we want to say healed or get their mindset changed? Like, What are some simple things that you think people really need to start doing if they're at that low point? I would start with, instead of the doing straight away, I would start with, because doing is not sustainable if you don't have the reason behind why you're doing it. So everything begins with giving people knowledge and then that knowledge shifts attitude. And when you have knowledge and attitude working together, then the skills, the actual doing, the behaviors will change. So all the work I do over the last 38 years of mind-brain research and neuroscience, working with people with mind issues and from like super serious stuff, dementias, Alzheimer's, traumas, to just managing life. Because we're human and we all have a mind and our mind never stops. The big thing is to actually recognize that the power, the power of the mind in driving everything. And so I would start with knowledge of people understanding what's the what is the mind, what is the brain, what is the, what is a thought, what are emotions, what how how does this whole package work together? And when people start getting that, then um, you get there's the whole timing of how long does it actually take to change a behavior, uh, which most people don't understand. Most people think it's either 21 days or they think it's instant quick fix with our wellness industry and our pos- toxic positivity. Five steps, boom, and you're done. Or six, drink this green juice, do this meditation five times, ten positive affirmations and you're done, it's never going to work. So, And it hasn't worked. And so it's very important to give people the knowledge around what the mind is. It's vital. People don't understand what the mind is. They think it's the brain. And if you do, it's going to hold you back immediately. So I start with that. I always teach people first, what is the mind? What is the brain? What are thoughts? What are emotions? How do they affect our physiology? How does it, how is it that, for example, if you're emotional, if let's say you worked up about something and you're really worried about maybe a relationship issue or someone just said something to you and you're busy eating the super healthy organic meal and farm to table and it's like one of these perfect real food meals and you've just worked out so you've had a fasted workout you've done all these things but the whole way through you've been worrying about your about this relationship issue or something and you're just like, getting more and more worked up well you would have lost up to 86 percent of the nutritional value of what you've just eaten and you would have lost up to 75 to 95 percent of the exercise value and then the fasting component too in other words all those good things you did you would have lost you probably would only get 20 percent benefit from them and that doesn't make any sense because it's healthy exercise, it's fast exercise, it's healthy food. So what's gone wrong there? Well, the mind is driving the whole gut-brain process. The mind drives your your ability for your body to, like your pancreas, to secrete neuropeptides so you can digest the food and your, your mind drives the DNA reaction when you exercise. So if your mind is a mess and you're not managing that, then all you lose up to 80%, if not more, of the benefit of the diet and the exercise. So that's the kind of knowledge I give people and that I did with my patients. I don't practice anymore, but I still do. I did for 25 years, but I do still do clinical trials and write books and teach this and whatever. So I'm always answering these kind of questions. But yeah, you, I would start with understanding, giving people knowledge around mind and brain and the mind-brain-body interaction and what a thought is, those are vital and how you can actually control and be empowered to control it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, so much to impact there. The first thing I'm thinking of though, is 
the the self-sabotage we associate with mindset like we think our mind only holds us back because like we are having these negative thoughts and these thought patterns and behaviors but honestly it does impact how you metabolize food and that gut brain connection you know that's not something i've talked about on my podcast a lot but like when you're really worked up like your gi system you can get all sorts of screwed up down there when you're not feeling your best so that is it is vital your mind has to be in a good place for you to get the most out of nutrition i love that point I want to go back to what you said about the toxic kind of like health culture where it's like just the toxic positivity of just like, okay, three steps, like there you're done. Like you've achieved your results. How do you think all of your work and expertise on mindset, like how does all of that relate to weight loss and having the, the body of your dreams? Well, I think what's really important is to actually maybe take a step back and look at what mind is and what brain is, because um, you said something relevant in in the lead up to the question, and that's that people think that they're stuck in certain patterns and they have no control. And that's from a lack of understanding and education. For the past 40 years, the narrative has been one that the brain and the mind are the same thing. And if, if you feel that, if you think, okay, well, this physical organ controls me, what hope do I have if I keep ruminating or I'm stuck or whatever? This is this is just who I am. And but it's not because if we look at the psycho neurobiological link, which is mind brain body link, there is a very interesting process that's happening in that whole relationship. And there's also the body has a very specific way um, of organizing information and organizing. It is organized. It doesn't, the body can't do anything. The brain can't do anything without you. You are your mind. So the difference between you and me having this conversation and a dead person is our mind. So our mind is driving what you are seeing about your body and what you're feeling about your body and how you see the whole diet culture and all that kind of thing and how you're perceiving that and how it's impacting you. All of that is mind stuff that actually moves through your brain and your body and nearly wires in certain patterns. And so we immerse in, in a diet culture environment, which we have been, it's like really bad at the moment and it has been for a few years and there's just 10 million books and everyone says that my way is the, my way or the highway and it's terribly confusing and it's created terrible body images. And as you know, as a nutritionist, I mean, people talk about diet when they shouldn't be opening their mouth about diet because they don't have the experience and creating, you know, problems with people with eating disorders. If you talk about, I mean, the word diet itself is just such a, like, a, as you'd know, like it's scary it's around someone word. who battles with. I mean, because it associates with like just weight loss where diet is just the way you eat. Exactly. And it's become a moral issue. You know, like if you're overweight, there's something wrong with you. And so all of that immersion in the current culture, and then there's, as you add to it, well, if you do this diet, you'll be fine. If you take this and if you do these, and there's people that are doing that, but they their body's not changing because there's all kinds of other reasons. In, in addition to that, there's this mindset, well, maybe it will work, maybe it won't. But if I'm thinking that something won't work, it's not going to work because I'm going to block most of the, you know, it's that whole nocebo effect, that nocebo, placebo, it's very, very real. What we set ourselves up with in our mind sets up our body. So our body and brain are dependent on what the mind is doing. It's, it's literally like we were meant to talk because I always say people come into me as a hot mess express, like whether it's their diet, whether it's their mindset. And honestly, <laughs> I love that. Everything that you're saying to mindset is almost like the very tippity top of kind of how we think about ourselves almost. And I know this probably isn't the scientific way to say it, but so much goes into that top thing that we consider mindset. Mindset is like all of our history, all of how we view things. And then at the top of it is like, oh, we have a positive mindset or we have a negative mindset, but it's actually such an oversimplification of what's actually going on in our mind and in our brain. 
Exactly. And you've totally hit the, no- the nail on the head there, Lauren, because um, without, as I said, mind is your aliveness. So it's the top thing, just the ability to, to describe what you've just done. You've used your mind. So you've just used your mind to analyze mind. So mind is without mind, it's the first place you start with mind and then from mind and people will say to me, no, but you start with choice. I said, well, that is mind. Think you'll choose. And um, then people will say, no, you start with diet. But the decision to start with diet is your mind. Your mind. Because how you choose, everything's driving. It's not like you have something else and then mind. And that's the problem in the current wellness industry. And in in medicine, it's really bad. It's that psychiatrists are some of the worst at this. And some of the psychologists that I train and work with and things, and I hear them talk, is that people talk about the mind as though it's something that you have to get under control as something separate from what you how you're getting under control so what am I using to get my mind under control my mind so the way we have to look at it is we have a wise mind and we have a messy mind Mm -hmm. so we have the two together and our core wired full of nature that I spoke about in our brain and biology where we don't have circuitry we don't have the amygdala is not wired for fear the amygdala is wired is designed for emotional perceptions and so if our emotional perceptions is constantly trauma then our amygdala gets big and it changes size and it changes functionality because it's had the wrong energy I take my computer and I throw it on the ground it won't work you know if you misuse a piece of equipment it won't do what it's supposed to do so if our mind is constantly experiencing so I'm not saying people it's people's fault I mean if you're a victim of circumstance all of us to a certain extent are victims of our environment and environments playing a massive role race systemic racism um is uh, the the whole the, the sexism i mean these are the meat these are we are in systems immersed in systems our political the way that the United States handled COVID, 90% negative information. Yes, it is negative. There's a lot, but there's also positive. They've shown in other countries where they showed a balance of 50-50, where they showed what was going on, but they also said, okay, there's, there's a positive slant. We're doing this, we're trying that. Yeah, you've got, well. oh, you got to balance it. You know, otherwise, so exactly. So the environment you immerse in, you are, your mind is what experiences that. And your messy mind is drawn to that to fix it with the wise mind. So if you think of it, it's like flying a a plane. You have a pilot and a co-pilot. The pilot's in the actual flying process. The co-pilot is like a teacher who has a vision of the future past, present, and is looking all the way around. And as you said earlier on a few moments ago about mind being all the experiences of the past, it literally is. There's all these trees in the brain. So your co-pilot, which is your wise mind, has the ability to say, okay, I've been there before. Maybe that's maybe maybe this is a better route. Maybe that's so you've got. But what we need to do is get our wise mind, messy mind talking to each other, and and that is mind driving mind. So wise mind is us saying, okay, let's stand back and understand what mindset is. Mindset is all these things. Let's go and look at why you you're showing up with this issue of whatever in your life. That's the wise mind talking. And the messy mind saying, I'm just a mess. I can't do this. I'm overwhelmed. I'm so sick of trying this diet. I hate my body. I hate this. I hate that. Whatever it is, as you say, they come to you, uh, you said a cute statement, they come to you. They're a hot mess express. Hot hot mess express. Okay, so and that's okay. Own it. It's totally okay because neuroscience shows that if we own the hot mess, the minute we say I am a hot mess and you start describing it, you're actually controlling it. Because as soon as you suppress something, it's that forgetting and forgiving podcast you were interested in. The minute that you push something down, it hasn't gone away. It's still this until you own this and embrace it. 
And embrace is a big, strong word. It's not an embrace means bring it into your fold and welcome it in because then you own it. If you push it away and you're weary of it and you try and shove it down, it never goes away. And these are volcanic in nature. These are chemicals and proteins and energy, and they don't get smaller. They just get bigger. And eventually, they just going to explode in your brain and your body and your mind and manifest with all these different warning signals. So it's on, that's, this is our messy mind. So owning the messy mind, the messy mind saying, hey, I'm scared of that. I'm doing this. And that's okay. We've, we've got to stop saying it's not okay. We've got to give ourselves permission. Instinct of your wise mind, everything I'm saying now, you know is right. And so do the listeners. And you've tried, and your, some of your listeners and your people that come and work with you, they know that I shouldn't be thinking like this but I can't get the bridge. They can't cross the bridge over. They're backing to cross the bridge over into actually applying this in their lives. So the wise mind is, is in, built into us. It's instinctive. It is this um, optimism in the mind. We'll talk about it as the optimism bias and in the body being wired for love. And what it does is it draws us to restoring balance and equilibrium. So every time we draw to something negative, whether it's negative news or whether it's trying or running ourselves down for not surviving another diet, um, or succeeding or whatever on another diet plan or something like that. We draw to it not because we have a negative bias, but because we're trying to restore the balance. We're trying to fix this whole thing up. And then we don't know how to. And that's where we, we're not listening to the wise mind. The wise mind says, I need knowledge. I need to get expert help. I need support. I've got this amount, but I'm lacking. The messy mind says, Let's just keep trying, you know, let's just keep trying. I'm stuck. I didn't do I got that. it. I'm good. Yeah. It didn't work last time, but I'm going to do it again. Exactly. And then I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just done. And, and I can't cope and I'm a mess. And then the whole moral fiber gets attacked and the whole identity. Whereas the wise one will say, yeah, you, you messed up again. So what? So does everyone else. It's okay. Be kind to yourself. It's fine. Let's see what happened. Let's unpack this thing. Let's deconstruct and reconstruct. So all the systems that I've developed, are around how do you do that? How do you get the mind, the wise mind talking to the messy mind so that you can bring this into place? And exactly. I love everything that you're sharing too, because everything you're sharing relates to ownership of your body. And you might be victim to life experiences, political situations, where you live, access, socioeconomic status. However, at the end of the day, all of us have the ability to change our mind, change the way our brain functions, even if we're in a poor place. And you know, obviously you know, some people have medical conditions and things that are more difficult to change, or, you know, we haven't found the one big cure for Alzheimer's, whatever that could be, but there always is hope. And I feel like hope is something we really lack in the wellness space where, where we think a diet's going to save us, but in reality, it's our, it's our mind that's going to save us. It's our us. mind. Mind generates hope. I showed with my research that when you empower someone to recognize, Hey, I can look at this toxic issue in my life. I can actually see this as, a, as an opportunity, not a barrier. And I don't know how it's going to come out and play out. And I don't know if I'm going to get it all under control, but I, I, I recognize that there's a source. It's not me. It's something I've gone through. I'm not broken. I'm not having a breakdown. I'm breaking down. When you do that shift, help someone see that shift, then it gives the person the resilience to respond versus react. And then to recognize, okay, well, I'm in this environment. I don't have enough money. I can't go and buy that $4 avocado for my family because I only have X amount of dollars and this is all I've got access to. But you can, then you, that in itself changes the neurophysiology, recognizing, okay, this is not the healthiest meal, but this is all I can. I've got to feed my family. Um, you know, there's a shift that's happening there for those that are in a higher bracket of that can afford to 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 change their diet not eat the processed food well then you're very fortunate and then we you know that's fantastic and then you can learn about those but even there there's so much toxicity that happens around what's good and what's bad because it keeps changing 
(laughs) It's like it just every week there's another good and bad. You know, one week coconut. If I see another good and bad food list, I may lose my shit as a dietitian. I agree. I agree. It's you just got to stop taking moral moral high grounds around food. You've got to recognize the you know the industrial industrialized food complex has damaged food and there are certain, you know, things like GMO and process that we do, but we still don't even understand all of it. So it's just that's another whole conversation. But it's true. We've got to recognize the power of the mind behind this. I love it so much. And I want to end up talking about hope and how we can infuse more hope into our lives through our mindset. Now, I obviously know the work that Caroline, Dr. Caroline Leaf is talking about on here, ladies, it does take time. This is not a one-stop shop. You do one thing. Oh my God, your mindset's cured. You're happy. You're amazing. You're losing weight. No, it takes work. And you know, that one of my favorite sayings is show up for yourself. Like we have to show up for ourselves consistently, put in this work, even when we're not seeing success, because the end result matters, right? We want to become healthy and happy and we want to feel our best. How do we begin this journey? And I know this is a loaded question and it takes more than one or two different easy steps, but like, how do we begin this transition into becoming more hopeful and becoming overall more aware of our thought patterns overall? When you recognize that you're in control of your mind, we can't change every system that all the systemic wrongs, but we can, we can't change people, but we can control our minds. We can't control the events and circumstances of life, but we can control how we're going to respond. We can't control what's happened in the past to us, but we can control how it's going to play out into our future. So that's the overarching um, sort of hope aspect that, hey, your mind is this thing that you control. You've got this messy versus wise mind. And just the knowledge itself is enough for you to shift into, okay, so my messy mind's this, but my wise mind is that. And just to get a feel, start by getting a feel for your wise mind versus the messy mind. And an easy way to do that is to think of the last time someone came to you and asked you for advice and you gave them the most amazing advice. And you'd sat back and thought, geez, that was amazing. I was like, I was brilliant in my advice. That's your wise mind in operation. Think of as you're listening to me now, maybe you're nodding your head. That's your wise yeah. mind. You see, you're relating. So if you don't know what your wise mind is, these two tips for you just to in in a conversation with someone like it's just that I know what to do kind of stuff you know you know what's right that's your wise mind you've got to learn to listen to the wise mind and that's what the neurocycle teaches you to do yeah and the biggest thing I hope all of you babes listening to this right now are really taking home is we always talk about how diet is has to be a lifestyle you know you may be really strategic to lose body fat build muscle work towards a specific goal but the work doesn't end when you get to that goal, the end goal, there is no end goal. It's you're consistently being that human living, breathing person, right? And you're continuing to exercise and fuel your body in a certain way. And the same goes with mindset. And I'd argue actually after this episode, dare I say mindset and your brain has to happen before any of this food and exercise stuff. And honestly, in my mind dietitian, you cannot address, I can give you all the calories, macros, information I want. If you are, aren't able to take that information, apply it in a healthy and balanced way and really absorb that. I mean, your mindset impacts how you absorb that information. I'd argue. Well, it's mind, mind, remember mind first mind, then yep. creates the, creates the brain and then creates the, the, the thought. And then each thought has its own mindset. So that's the mindset that's blocking you, but it's come from mind. So mind, brain to mindset. And it's true. You're totally correct. It's going to block you until you change that mindset. You're going to not be able to absorb anything. It's going to just be another notch on your belt or another bit of information, but you're not going to apply it. 
Yeah. And make a true change. I absolutely yeah. love it. Thank you so much for being on Dr. Leaf. Can you share with us where to find your app, your book and find you on social media? Absolutely. My social media handles are Dr. Caroline Leaf. So that's easy. And there's lots of stuff on there. From there, you can get to everything else. My webpage is drleaf.com. My books, I've got plenty of books. My most recent one, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, available everywhere. Um, also on our website, drleaf.com. And the NeuroCycle app, it's called NeuroCycle. It's the system I teach in here. The NeuroCycle is the five-step process, not process, five-step system, sorry, for mind messy mind to talk to wise mind to change the direct the neuroplasticity of your brain and change your body as a lifestyle um that's the app's called neurocycle obviously available itunes and google play and then i have a podcast cleaning up the mental mess i love it so for you ladies out there hot mess express mindset right now we got to go to dr caroline's podcast i love it thank you so much thank you 